I mean, how could they you were, not love them instantly? And they didn't even have probably their best, not probably their best offensive kids. I was like, in the alternate universe, I said, Caleb Sean is watching this. Guys, we're fine. They've done this before. They did this, I mean, they've done it to great teams before. So it's just like, I, mean, I don't even know if that's really a big win for him. He is a leader on defense. I mean, this kid has a motor, man. I mean, you can just tell he gets into the game and he starts to defend and everybody just kind of rallies behind him. He's just, he's their leader. Like, he's everything for them. He's you know? him. He, he's him. If you don't love that win, you don't love Arizona small ball. I mean, I don't care what level you're on. That performance is one that's going to go in the record books. What is up, Arizona high school basketball fanatics? Welcome back to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff. Your other host, Reyes, is not here with me today. I'm flying solo. It's Big Bray's birthday, so he ditched me for his birthday. In his words, it's his favorite holiday. There was a lot of great games this past week. We're going to talk about some of them, but what we're going to focus on today is if the season ended right now, if the season ended today, where would the playoffs be? Who would be matched up against who? That's what we're really going to get into. So let's talk about this thing. You know, I was going to get into like really deep diving into some of these games, which I think is cool when everybody likes it. But I know what's really on my mind. And I think it's really what is on everybody else's mind, right? Like as a coach, like you want to know where am I going to land in the playoffs? Where's the PowerPoints at? Who's on the bubble? And, you know, a lot of you guys, and I'm, I'm including myself in this because our team is one of those, you know, is, is my team on the bubble? Are we going to be able to make the playoffs? Who's just on the outside? And, I mean, who are we going to get matched up against? It's just fun talk. I can't believe the playoffs is about two to three weeks away. And, you know, it, it's, it's really feasible for us to sit down and talk about some of these possible matchups. So I'm super excited to break this stuff down with you guys. Before we get into it, I do want to say a couple things. And, uh, you know, I don't say this enough, but it is important. If you have never hit subscribe or follow on the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts or head on over to Spotify, hit follow, hit subscribe, so that way you never miss an episode. And then while you're there, make sure that you leave us a review. You know we love those five-star reviews, but you writing us a review is the, the kindest way for you to say, hey, I am with this show. I support it. It's super good. That helps a lot because other listeners come and they see that and they want to tune in just because of what you see. And another thing I want to say is, you know, we haven't mentioned this a ton since we first announced it, but I want to make sure that I do this here today because many of you guys have been signing up already. We are hosting two major events for Summer Bowl. We are hosting the Copper Canyon Classic right on that first week. It's May 31st to June 1st. If you're interested, make sure you send us a message. That way we can get you signed up and you reserve your spot. Spots are already filling up. I know know a lot of times people say that, but I'm being for real. Like, spots are filling up. And we're hosting another one about two weeks later, uh, the main event, which is going to be somewhere in in the Valley. So uh, we're really excited about those events. If you're interested in it, please reach out to us. We don't want to turn teams away, but if you wait too long, we're going to have to. So we're super excited to bring those events to you, and we're going to get into breaking down these uh, these brackets. We're going to do it for each conference. We're going to go to 3A, 2A, and 1A. 2A is a little bit different because we're just going to do the plan. And 1A, you know, if you're a 1A fan, you're listening to this, this is a huge week for you because, I mean, some of you guys are already done with your, with your games in the regular season, which is bananas to me, right? 
it's, it's kind of crazy. It's a little maybe a little scary hours, but if you're a one A team, you maybe are done with your season, regular season, and you're just waiting for your super regional tournaments that are going on this week. I mean, there's a ton of them. Our Patreon is going to be all focused in on that later on in the week once we gather more information about it. But we're super excited about that. So for one A, I know your your mind is all over the place. Two A is going to be different when we preview the conference and the playoffs because we're just going to preview the play-in game, the play-in games. Uh, and then for the 1A, it's going to be a little bit different because we will preview 1 through 16, but the Super Regional Tournaments is kind of a wild card because if you're a 1A fan, if you're a small ball fanatic, you know if you win the 1A Super Regional Tournament, you get an automatic bid into the playoffs. So, I mean, things could get shaken up like crazy. These things will change, obviously, right? All of these seedings, it's going to come out on Tuesdays, which is tomorrow morning. We're just doing it right now because I just want to talk about the playoffs because it's so close. We're going to start things off with the 3A. And before we get into the 3A, I want to just give a huge shout-out to our partners over at Cloud9 Sports. They're a sports apparel company that we are so excited to partner with. The main way that we've partnered with them is through our showcase and through all of our major events. But their their clothing, their quality, their products, it is second to none. The turnaround time is amazing, and I promise you they're just going to take great, great care of you. Head on over to cloud9sports.com and use the promo code all cap SMALLBALLARMY for 10% off your purchase. And then you can also email our guy directly, cloud9roger at hotmail.com. I'm telling you guys, I wouldn't be hyping up something like this so much if I didn't love it. It's great. Let's get into these tournaments and to these brackets. Okay, we're going to start with the 3A. And what I did, you know, for this is audio only. I mean, I'm going to post some little videos here on Instagram and social media and all that. But I, I wanted to, you know, I have the brackets in front of me and I have highlighted in red the teams that are on the bubble for the 3A, in my mind, right? If the season ended today, these are the teams that would all be matched up against each other. This is the top end of the bracket. We'll get to the bottom end of the bracket here in a second. But the teams in red, I have highlighted because I think that they're on the bubble and they could potentially lose in these next couple weeks or maybe this next week, and I think it could knock them out of the playoffs. It's hurting my heart, y'all, because... One of these are my dogs, my boys out of Camp Verde, which we'll get into, right? So uh, let's let's start up at the top, okay? So first round matchup would be number 17, Safford, goes up against number 16, Florence. Now, this would be a really interesting matchup. Florence is one of the hottest teams right now in Arizona small ball. You know, their region, they get really overshadowed by Valley Christian, Ironwood, Gilbert Christian, but Florence is really playing just as good as anybody at this point. Coach Silvis has got his kids peaking at the right time. And today they would face off against Safford, who Safford is an interesting one. They just dropped one to Palo Verde. I did a Patreon live postgame show. Shouts out to Coach Milliard about them. I have them highlighted in red being on the bubble because they could potentially lose out here. And they could potentially, as a result of this, I think, be knocked out of the playoffs. Now, we talked a ton about this on our Patreon, and I'm not going to go into it like crazy again. If you want to hear more about it, go to Patreon, check it out. You can listen to the whole episode. But the South and a lot of teams there in the South are kind of they're kind of on the bubble, okay? Safford right now currently, like we said, is sitting at number 17. 
They just dropped one to Palo. Their next game is Globe at home, but then they play at Sabino. I don't think that Safford can survive a loss to Palo and survive a loss to Sabino, and that's a very real possibility for them. So I see Safford being on the bubble right here, but this game between Florence and Safford would be a great matchup. The winner would then go on to face off against Valley Christian, which would be no easy task. I I think the goal would be to be on the other end of the bracket here, but both ends of the bracket have some great teams. That's that top end. Safford up against Florence, and then the winner would go on and advance and play against Valley Christian. Obviously, Valley Christian would be favored in that game over both of those squads, as Reyes would say respectfully. Next up, you got number 24, Monument Valley, going up against number 9, Winslow. Dude, this is a great, great matchup. I mean, we're probably not going to see this, right, because things will shake out and rankings will change. But Winslow has played Monument Valley already. Winslow ended up beating Monument Valley 66-53, to and that was the that's the only time they played them. But 66-53 to was the win, and if you know anything about res ball, you know that every time you just can't take teams lightly. This would be a super, super fun matchup to see. I would have Winslow favored in this game, and not just because they beat them the first time, but seeing both of them play, Winslow has a little bit more. I think with Monument Valley right now, they're currently sitting at number 24. They're, it's getting very, very dicey. They play at Window Rock, which I think that they, they should have a pretty good chance. They already beat them by 20 uh, pretty recently. But then on February 2nd, they go on the road at Chin Lee. That is something that is really, really difficult for them. And I could see them dropping that game. And I think if Monument drops that game, they could potentially be knocked out of the playoffs. Now, the 3A North is also very similar to that of the the 1A Super Regional Tournaments. As with the 3A North, whoever wins the 3A North gets an automatic bid into the playoffs. So that, that could throw things off. But I think if Monument would lose to Chin Lee, that would drop them out of the 24, and that would leave some other spots open. Maybe you could see like a Santan Foothills, a Blue Ridge hopping in, depending on how things shake out there. The winner of that would then go on to play against Chin Lee, which this is res ball all over the place, and it's super exciting to look at this, right? For Monument and Chin Lee, they've played against each other. Um, Chinley's played against all these teams. Right now, obviously, Chinley's sitting at number eight. Chinley has played the first time they played against Monument. They won 49 to 43. That's actually, and then they'll play Monument again. Um, uh, we just mentioned that. And then uh, Chinley has played, Chinley has, they played Winslow the first game of the season, and then they lost. So this 24 to 9, and then going up into eight matchup is so fun to think about. You have teams that have all seen each other. There's wins and losses on either side. If this was actually happening, this would be super exciting. So that's what you got on that end of the bracket. You move on to the next one. You got number 21, Camp Verde, facing off against number 12, Sholo. And, you know, I don't really talk about our squad a whole lot on the podcast for obvious reasons, right, because it's it's biased. We do our best to not be biased unless it's Salome or unless it's Holbrook for Reyes, right? But we don't want to talk about our kids because it's it's just different. It's been a difficult thing to navigate. I think we've gotten better at it, though. But um, for, for Camp Verde facing off against Sholo in this matchup, that would be a super fun matchup to watch, right? Uh, Camp Verde, us, and Sholo, we've already met 
in a Christmas tournament at the Yvonne Johnson. And that game was electric. It was back and forth. And, you know, it was really, really close. It was down to the wire. If these teams, if we were to meet up against Sholo again, this would be another really great time. I just remember Sholo in that game just shooting the leather off the ball, man. It was ridiculous. And I just remember their coach just being so calm, cool, and collected about it, you know, which is which was impressive. It was cool. So, Cam Verde facing off against Sholo. I have us on the bubble of making the playoffs because we ended last week ranked number 21 with a loss to Northwest Christian and Fountain Hills that will drop. But the last couple games of the season, hopefully, you know, we can win. If, if that happens, if, if Camp Verde can win out, they would have a chance there. But if there's one more loss, one more slip up with Camp Verde, we're done. We're out of it. So Camp Verde is definitely on the bubble there. Uh, the winner of that would go on to face a really good, really, really good ALA Ironwood team. And, um, you know, it, it's just going to be a battle there, no matter who gets up into that. On the next part, you got Palo Verde uh, playing up, uh, facing off against Coolidge, right? Palo Verde, number 20, facing off against number 13, Coolidge. This would be a great, great game. I don't have Palo Verde on the bubble because I really don't see them getting bumped out. They had a huge win over Safford, so they're going to move up in the rankings. And then Palo has a, a tough game in Thatcher on the road, and they play Tanka Verde, and then they play a Santan Foothills. So they do have some tough games on the schedule. I just don't see them dropping enough of those to get bumped out of the playoffs. They face off against a very interesting Coolidge team sitting at number 13. Coolidge would be... Coolidge has been up and down this season, right? Like, they've had really great moments. Their only three losses in PowerPoint play come to Blue Ridge, 56-60 on the road. They come to Florence, 48-51, to and they come to Gilbert Christian, 52-67. to They did beat Florence when they played them again at their place. There was a very controversial ending. I got a lot of pictures and videos about how that game shook out. But Coolidge is no pushover. They're not at the same level as they have been in the last few years, but Coolidge is still a really good contending team in the 3A, and it's a tough matchup for Palo, right? Two programs and two players that honestly would play very similar. They both play with the chip on their shoulder. They both play with they both play wide open, and they're very aggressive. That would be a really fun matchup to watch here in this first round that they'd get into. The winner would then go on and advance to play against a Page team that has really been doing well, right? They're sitting here at number four. They're led by Tyree Stingley, who is is just tough, playing like a man lately. Page's only two losses in PowerPoint play have come at the hands of Chinley, 67-70. They lose that one. And then they come at the hands of, where's the other one? Holbrook, right? Yes, they come at the hands of Holbrook, 40-53. to 53. Those are their only two losses. Page would have an interesting matchup against either of these squads, but they would do a really, really, they'd be tough moving in um, as they face either a Palo Verde or a Coolidge. That's the top end of the bracket. I think you'd want to probably avoid the top end of the bracket because of Valley Christian. But, y'all, the bottom end of the bracket gets really aggressive. And here's the other thing. I'm going to say this. The 3A is is loaded with competition right now. There's a lot of even playing field. I still Valley Christian is still the obvious favorite here. But from from second all the way down to, like, 16 maybe, I mean, this, you're looking at really, really good games. And you're looking at really competitive games here. So 
I think it's anybody. I think it's wide open. I think it's going to be fireworks here. I think there's going to be a lot of upsets as well when it comes in regards to the playoffs for the 3A. So that's the top end of the bracket. Um, let's get here onto the bottom end of the bracket. Um, let's see. Let me share my window. Okay, not that one. Sorry for those. If, I know it's just audio only, but it is helpful for me because I can see it as I'm moving this stuff around. Okay, so now we get to the bottom end of the bracket, and like I said, it is not like this one is is a cakewalk, right? Um, that that's not that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, I just think it's it's good to avoid Valley Christian, but um, here you have number 19 Payson facing off against number 14 Push. I got Payson on the bubble right now because, dude, we don't. You know what? I'm a, I'm gonna give us some flack right now. We don't talk about the East enough, and the East has been an absolute dogfight. Payson, I have them on the bubble, even though they're sitting at number 19. If you look at the ending of their schedule, they have games against Snowflake, Holbrook, at Blue Ridge, Sholo, and Winslow. You're going to tell me Payson's not going to drop some of those? Or Payson's going to win them? I mean, I don't know. It's like really a flip of the coin because as they play each other, they're all just so close, right? With the exception of Blue Ridge, who they took care of business. But when you look at their scores, they've all been within at least 10, maybe 12, something like that. So there's going to be really big fireworks there. Payson will face off against a very good Pushridge, and Payson and Pushridge have faced off against each other. They actually played each other in the first, second game of the season, I think, for for Payson it was. And they ended up losing that game 51-54, to a three-point game. Both teams have improved so much from that point. But I think this is another point of emphasis. If the season were to end today, there would be so many matchups where teams have played each other in the past season, which is is really cool, you know? And I don't know where you guys sit at with that, with coaches, as you guys are listening to this. Maybe you – I personally, this is how I feel. If I'm going to play someone again, I would have rather have lost to them earlier in the season than won because I just feel like it's kind of weird sometimes to beat someone a second time, especially when you're seeing them another time in the playoffs. It kind of changes things. I'd rather have lost before because the kids come in hungry, you come in a little bit different than win, and you feel like you got it taken care of, right? But you're going to see that here with Payson and Pushridge. You're going to see it with Monument, with Winslow. Um, that's if it ended today, right? I would imagine there's still going to be some semblance of this uh, in a couple weeks or so. Right, the winner of that would go on to face a Yuma Catholic team that is really playing well right now. I mean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Obviously, they're led by Sebi Patain. Um, they're led by Vasquez. I mean, they do some really, really great things there. And even though they're not as as maybe dangerous as they were last year, I'm going to rephrase that. Even though they're not uh, the same as they were last year, they are still just as dangerous. And, I mean, they're a team that could really make a run here. Right, we go on to the bottom part of this. you got number 22, Tankaverde, against number 11, Northwest Christian. Tankaverde, to me, is on the bubble here for... Uh, the 3A, especially in the South, right? Uh, right now they're sitting at number 22, and the ending of their schedule, they play Pushridge, they play Palo Verde on the road, and they play Sabino at home. There's a very good chance that Tank Verde will miss the playoffs because, I mean, I think if you go 1-3 and three in that stretch, you're doing really well, and I don't think they can survive another loss. I just don't think that they can. Right, so Tank Verde right now would be facing off against Northwest, a physical, well-coached, level-headed Northwest Christian squad. And Northwest Christian's got a kid who's like 6'10 or something, 6'9. 
you know, he wasn't there the first time we played him, and he didn't play the second time. I think Coach Cook is just saving him as a secret weapon for the playoffs. I'm just going to leave it at that, right? The winner of Tank Verde and Northwest, they advanced to play against Holbrook. And at this point, Holbrook would not have seen either of these teams. They would not have seen Northwest, and they would not have seen a Tank Verde. So that would be a really interesting matchup for them. Very different styles of play there. You go on to the next one. You got number 23, Scottsdale Christian. Facing off against Fountain Hills, right? Now, I have Scottsdale Christian on the bubble here because they could potentially get knocked out of the playoffs. They're sitting at 23, and they just got a huge win on the road at Payson on, or at Pima at the buzzer. Huge shout-out to Harrison for hitting a three at the buzzer. It was an awesome shot. Really great young player. He has a super bright future ahead of him. Super excited to see how he improves. That'll put them up in the rankings for sure. But then they've got Northwest, they've got Fountain Hills, they've got Rancho. You know, Scottsdale's just got to have a really strong ending to the season in order for them to really stay in that playoffs. I don't know what that would do to their power points if they lost to one of those teams, right? But they would be facing off against the Fountain Hills team that they're familiar with. All right, Fountain Hills kind of been running the 3A North Central as of late. But Fountain Hills and Scottsdale have met before, and if I remember right, that score spread the first time they met was about 20 points, uh, maybe a little bit more than that. So I think it was like 21 points. So, I mean, this is a familiar foe. Coach Anderson is one of the best coaches in small ball, and he is going to be able to game plan here. We're talking about the coaching between uh, Anderson and Bonner facing off against each other. This will be the third time that these teams meet if they did meet in this round, which would be really exciting. The winner would go on to play against a really good Snowflake team. And in looking at this Snowflake team, this is a team that, you know, they've given us a lot of heat, and I think rightfully so. But I feel like we always underrate them. But Snowflake is not a pushover of a team at all. Snowflake, they're only, they, they have four losses, one to Safford. This is in PowerPoint, PowerPoint play. One to Winslow, one to Sholo, and then one to Blue Ridge in overtime, right? So this is it's interesting because, again, this is the East where it's just kind of a dogfight. But Snowflake at, currently right now, um, they're doing pretty well. They're going to be dangerous in, in that sense, right? Going to the bottom part, you got Ben Franklin facing off against a very interesting Parker team. Ben Franklin is not a pushover. They're another one of those teams that if you were to drop them in a different region than, than their region with Valley, Gilbert, Ailey, Ironwood, they would be very competitive, much like a Florence. Not that they're not competitive in their region, but they would have a shot to be towards the top of that. Ben Franklin will face off against Parker, and Parker has a lot of young youth. They have a lot of young talent, I should say. Young youth is the same thing, but they got, they got a, a lot of young talent, and I think it would be an interesting matchup for them, for sure. The winner of this would go on to face off against Gilbert Christian and I think for a lot of these I would favor the buy I would favor the three seed the six seed the seven seed the two seed the one seed um, the four seed the six seed the eight seed right I, I probably would favor that in most of them but that's the three a if everything ended today now teams on the outside just looking in that would have a chance to pop in Santan Foothills could potentially get in if you look at the ending of their schedule, if they can get a win over Palo Verde, if they can get a win over Florence, man, if they can get a win over Gilbert Christian, that's something, right? But even playing Gilbert Christian and Valley will help their power points. You've got a Blue Ridge who could potentially sneak in. You've got a Thatcher who could potentially sneak in. 
There's a couple teams on the bubble on the outside that I think could really do um, some damage and could really make some things happen here, right? Um, So that's for the 3A. Next, let's move on to the 2A. You know what I love is uh, that started off as just like a, a great performances uh, transition, and it's just become our transition because I love it so much, and I also just kind of love that Reyes hates it, right? Uh, so put a straight jacket on that guy. I just got to love it, right? Let's get to the 2A. All we're going to focus on here in the 2A is we're going to talk about the plan, Right, because it's hard to predict all the other stuff. Because for the two A, what they do is a play in tournament, and then they reseed everything. So it was just a little bit too complicated for my brain to think through at this point in the day or in the night, I should say. But what you would have here in the two A is you have number twenty four versus number twenty nine. You'd have Saint Augustine facing off against a Heritage Academy that has been playing so tough and is so well improved. If you think, if you think about where Heritage Academy was. Uh, last year heritage academy just misses the playoffs last year and they 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 retain a lot of their their pieces and they've improved and i mean coach g has really done an awesome job with his team and i mean you look at him now missing the playoffs last year now looking at a top potentially a top 10 spot here right it's it's really really cool with a chance to move up or down obviously because this is if the season ended today but I think it's a really, really cool spot that Coach G has put his uh, his team in, right? The heroes. So 24 versus off against 29, St. Augustine versus Heritage Academy. And then you have a, uh, the next game would be number 17 versus number 16, RAT Prep versus Kingman. RAT Prep has some really, really great players. Uh, you know, some teams it's kind of hard to follow because of stats, or I guess I should say um, a, a lack of stats. But we do have some really good connections there. Shout outs to Coach uh, Bellamy, right? Uh, met you a couple times, I think, and super cool guy, really nice. But they got a kid on their team, uh, Ryan Morad, and um, this kid is one of the best shooters in the small ball. And I think he is. I mean, this is a, kind of a, the tip of the iceberg. But RIT Prep has some weapons over there. So even though they're sitting on number 17, they can really light it up. I kind of like RIT Prep in this matchup against Kingman if the season ended today, but they would face off against Kingman. Number 18 would face off against number 15, Glendale Prep versus Round Valley. I got to say, Round Valley is one of the most uh, disappointing teams of this season. And the only reason I say that is not because of players or coaches, but they were they had a big that was like 6'9 who decided to not play this year, and that was disappointing. So I don't mean that as far as a performance goes, but I just mean that from the side of, dude, this would have been such a fun matchup. You'd have Chase Fredrickson facing off against Round Valley's big. You've got like two legitimate 6'9 kids going at it. Uh, you know, Round Valley is very, they've got some nice size, they've got some girth, but they're going to need to be ready to deal with Chase, who is who is playing well. And this is a kid who, if you let him settle in early on in the game, he becomes a very big problem. So this is a great matchup between the two. I don't really see a lot of these teams with potential. I think the only team that I see with potential with falling out of um, 
uh, these rankings. Oh, shoot. I forgot to write it down. I don't want to say it off the top of my head because I don't want to say it wrong. Uh, but there was a couple teams that I was concerned about that they would hop off or that they would maybe fall out of the top 24. But Glendale Prep Round Valley is going to be a very interesting interesting matchup. I think the biggest key will be physicality. We can out-physical each other in this game. You go on number 21 versus number 12. Mojave Accelerated versus Veritas Prep. Veritas Prep has made a lot of noise this year, and I don't think I've heard more from from other coaches about a 2A team. And, you know, Veritas Prep, just a couple things about them in their resume. You know, they're, they're a dangerous team. Uh, they have a win. Uh, they lost to Heritage Academy 46-49, uh, played leading edge to a close game. They beat Glendale Prep on the road 48-46. to Not an easy place to play at. Uh, is it bad that I say this, but they only lost to Santan Charter by like 30. Um, you know, th- so this is a team that has ability to really compete and play well. I think the Mojave Accelerated will be a little bit outmatched here. Not that they wouldn't have a chance, but I would go with Veritas Prep on this one, but that would be a great matchup in the number 21 versus number 12. And then you got San Carlos, number 22, facing off against number 11, Highland Prep. This is actually a really fun one because, you know, Coach Hill and San Carlos would remember this, but it wasn't but two years ago maybe when San Carlos faced off against Highland Prep at the Footprint Arena uh, for the first round of the playoffs. And Highland Prep was really young and they were really nervous, and that was a super close game. San Carlos also has ability, though, and this is actually kind of like a... I think it's kind of a scary hours matchup for Highland Prep just because of the style that they play. And St. Carlos has played some teams really, really well this year, uh, like surprisingly well. I mean, I think the most surprising thing with St. Carlos is they played against the Santan Charter, and it was a one-point game or nine-point game at halftime. Uh, it was really impressive. Now, Santan Charter obviously pulls away there, and the second time they play against them, uh, actually, I think they played against them once. Yeah, yeah, they only played against them once. But they, they really pulled it away and they stretched it out. But regardless, this is a team. They played them twice. They did play them twice. I'm sorry. Um, they, they stretched it out at the end, but I think it was the first time that they actually played them very, very close, right? Uh, games of note for San Carlos is um, they did beat a Fort Thomas 54-51. to And they've got... They lost to Payson. That was a close one. Um, they beat a Hayden. So they played some good teams. They haven't had like a ton of consistency in this sense. But uh, regardless, this is a team that has shown glimpses of being very dangerous. So this is something that if I'm Coach Hill, I'm not just, if I get matched up against them, I'm not just kind of walking through this thing, right? It's not a cakewalk. And you get to number 20 versus number 13. Number 13, you know, What if the rankings put Hopi where they actually belong? This is like a top five team, y'all. Hopi's a great, this is the best reservation team in the 2A. And because of their schedule, they get put like really down low here. And obviously they lost a couple. But number 20, Benson would face off against the number 13, Hopi. This would actually be kind of a tougher matchup for Hopi. But I would still give the edge to Hopi because I don't know that Benson can play in the chaos that Hopi can create in the full court and it, with their pressure defense. So I'd give the advantage here to Hopi, um, but they would get matched up against a very good physical Benson squad. And then you got number 19 Chandler prep facing off against the number 14 
Bisbee. This is a great matchup. You know, for Bisbee, they've been playing against some great competition in Morenci and Pima all throughout the season. So this is a team that is very battle-tested. I'd for sure favor a Bisbee over a Chandler Prep. And you get to a number 23 Gilbert Classical against a number 10 PCD. I would obviously favor PCD in this one. I think um, I think they have so much shooting, it is so difficult to stop them. Uh, but Gilbert Classical also has some, they usually have some magic for the ending of the season. So looking at this in the 2A, these are all just the playing games. What I'm really interested in and what I really like and curious about legitimately is one through six, right? Because you got Santan Charter, number one. They're the favorite to win. Rancho is way trending up for me right now. And then you have also ALA. You've got Phoenix Christian. Um, Highland Prep has really fallen out of that because of different things that they've been going through. Um, Pima is there that wasn't technically there before. Like, there's just a lot of interesting things that could go on with some of these top level teams. Now, I think as I name those teams, the only of these teams that I think can compete with those teams that I just named, like a Rancho, a Santan Charter, you know, et cetera, those teams that I named, I think PCD can compete. I think Hopi can compete, although their ranking wouldn't say that. I think Heritage Academy can compete, and I think potentially a Glendale Prep or a Round Valley can compete. But Glendale Prep, Round Valley, I think Glendale Prep would have a better chance than Round Valley. But other than that, I think those other teams that would be waiting on the other end, those higher seeds, I would favor them heavily in each of those games as they continue on from the 2A. So the 2A that... The two is going to be loaded in that second round. In this first round, I could see a lot of close games, honestly, uh, as we get into this. So that's the two A. If the season ended today, again, there would be some teams on the bubble, uh, but there are some teams that are actually already done with play, which which I think is also worthy of note as well. Okay, let's get on to the one A because the one A is extremely interesting. Okay. Now the 1A, you know, I'm going to be honest. Um, <laughs> I just love it, dude. How do you not just love that? It's great. Something that I got to be honest with in the 1A is the 1A was the most difficult thing for us to cover early on. You know, we don't coach in the 1A. We don't play a lot of 1A teams, so we didn't have the same perspective as we do in the 2A. But now entering into year four of the podcast, I feel a lot more comfortable with it. And, man, this 1A is going to be a freaking dogfight, bro. There are some great players here. And, you know, you can see the the team here that I have highlighted for uh, a team that I think is on the bubble, and it hurts my heart, bro. But as you look at this, you got number 16, Salome, facing off against number one in the Gregory School. I'm going to be honest. I think whoever the Gregory School plays, they're going to be favored, but they'd be heavily favored in this matchup. Salome I have on the bubble because right now they're sitting at number 16. I think if I remember right, they, yeah, so January 29th, 
which would be tonight. They play Lincoln Prep. They have a chance to lose that game, and they play Baghdad. So Salome, if they lose, they would drop out of that, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how they, they respond against Lincoln Prep. They do play them at home at the Lily Patch. That's a big deal. But if Salome did match up against the Gregory School, man, I got nothing but love for Salome, but that would be a tough, tough matchup for them in the first round. Man, the Gregory School had a huge win over Desert Christian, and that was a packed-out crowd on the road. I mean, the Gregory School is the real deal right now. Next up would be number nine versus number eight. There's the top end of that bracket. You'd have a Mogion and Kaisen Owens going up against Hayden. This is a very interesting matchup. I think both of these teams are for sure locks into the playoffs. Something that's different about the 1A is the top 16 teams go. It's not the top 24, so it does change things a little bit. But Mogion and Hayden would face off against each other. And, you know, Mogion has played Hayden already. They lost to them 41-51 to early in the season. And then Mogion did play them again, and then they won 48-45. to So both games in about the 40s, and they're very close competitive. This is a great matchup for the playoffs. And again, just like we said in the 3A, the season ended today. You would have some teams that are playing against each other that have already seen each other, in this case, two times in the regular season, which is really, really unique. I think I would have the Gregory School, and I would have Mogion moving forward into the second-round matchup. And move on to the next part. You got Ray going up against Anthem Prep. Anthem Prep, I'm going to give you a lot of love here, man, because I think it is well-deserved. Anthem Prep has had a heck of a season. Right now they are sitting at number five, like I just said. They have wins against Salome. They have wins against Lincoln Prep. They've got wins against Valley Lutheran, Cicero Prep, Veritas Prep, um, Antelope, who's playing tough. Uh, I mean, they, they'll play North Valley again. It's on the road. But, I mean, I'm just saying this is a great, great team. And a team that we didn't have on our radar until about midway through the season. Ray, on the other hand, is not having the same level of success that they were early on. You know, they, they were undefeated for a really long time. Uh, but they dropped one to the Gregory School 20-68. to and then they dropped one to Desert Christian, forty-nine to seventy. It seems like there's some separation between Ray and the top-level schools in the one A. So I definitely favor Anthem Prep in this matchup. And then Williams would face off against Bobo in the bottom end of this top bracket. Obviously, I'd have Bobo favored in this one, and I don't think Williams and Bobo have played against each other at this point. Uh, Bobo, I just want to check to make sure. Bobo has not played against Williams, but they'd be heavily favored. Even though Williams has a lot more size than Bobo does, you got to have a heart over height, right? Uh, Bobo is a really tough squad. I see them advancing for sure into that in the playoffs, okay, and off that first round. Now let's get to the bottom end of this bracket. This is the last one that we're going to talk about. Um, now it's interesting with the 1A too. I'm excited to see some of these teams play against top-level teams like this, right? Number 14, Basis Flagstaff, led by um, Angle Thaler, faces off against Desert Christian and Tyson Dobbins and Browning. and I mean, it, or, or Brown. It's going to be a great, great game here. Two really, two teams that have very high-level players. 
I think I'd give the edge to Desert Christian here, but Basis Flagstaff will put up a fight, and Angleteller, I think, will have a really big night against Desert Christian, despite Desert Christian winning and advancing for Again, that is if the playoffs ended today, right? On the bottom end of this, you got number 11, Joseph City, facing off against number 6, Fort Thomas. Uh, I have Joseph City in blue, as you can see here, because I don't think they're on the bubble necessarily, but I feel kind of nervous for them heading into this last part of the season because if they, they go to Mogion, they play Mogion on the road, they beat them by about 10, 11 the first time they played them at home. But going on the road is a little bit different at Mogion. And I feel like I don't know what the rankings, I don't know how much a loss to Mogion would hurt them. Right? Uh, Mogion is not like they're super low in the rankings. But because it's one of the top 16 teams, depending on how everybody else does, it could be kind of like scary hours for Joseph City. So I think that that game against Mogion is a must win as they're sitting at number 11. But they do face off against a really good Fort Thomas team if the season ended today. I would favor Fort Thomas, although Fort Thomas is going to have to shoot the ball well and handle their pressure in the half court. This is a great team, super well coached too. I mean, you got to love the way... That these kids play and I love the way they defend uh you know coach Miller does an amazing job with these kids and you know got to see them at Round Valley up close and personal as they just gave it to our kids at the very end it was a terrible way for us to end our trip but coach Miller you know you guys deserved it played great coached great as well now we move on to the bottom end of this bracket you got number 10 Antelope against number seven El Cap and I think this is one matchup that I'm the most excited about because Antelope is a team that has really been surprising a lot of people. You know, North Valley Christian spoke extremely high over Antelope, and they gave them a better game than a lot of other top-level teams did. So I really like Antelope. You know, Reyes kind of talked about them being a dark horse for him. They face off against a really good LCAP. You know, the pedigree here is is obvious, and it doesn't even need to be stated. But El Capitan has not played against an Antelope yet in this season. Just making sure. No, they have not played against an Antelope. So this would be an interesting matchup. Uh, I think I would favor Antelope in this one, even though they are the lower seed. I think they've just got some really great stuff cooking on over there. And everything I'm seeing and hearing about Antelope is they're kind of peaking at the right time. Um, Antelope, just to give some perspective here, they've lost three games through the season. Um, their last loss was against a very good Anthem prep team, but they handle a Salome. They take care of San Pasquale. They actually put up over 100 against San Pasquale, which is very impressive. And then they play well against North Valley Christian. That's the biggest thing that kind of sticks out to me about them. Uh, so you got Antelope against OCAP, and then at the bottom end you got Cicero Prep versus North Valley Christian. That would be the number 15 seed versus the number 2 seed. Now North Valley Christian is without some kids. But they have their squad now. What they have is what they have. And, you know, Cameron Rice is going to be getting in better game shape, so I'm excited for him. I'm, I'm just really expecting him to have a great, great playoffs and a great playoff run. Their last loss was in January against the Gregory School. They had a two-point loss there on the road. And I think they're going to be too much for Cicero Prep, who is kind of up and down throughout the season. But it's just it's a great team, though, Cicero Prep is. 
I don't know why I don't have this team. The reason I don't have this team on the bubble is because they only have one game left, and I think they're going to win that game. But this matchup would be very interesting, and I think this is a matchup that, that we probably will see a Cicero Prep versus a North Valley, depending on Super Regional Tournaments. And that's the asterisk I want to put on all of this. You know, there could be some teams. Let's talk about some teams that are looking on the outside from the 1A. Lincoln Prep. They could maybe squeak in, depending on how they end up, right? I was talking to Coach Foshi just, just a couple days ago, I think. But depending on how their season ends up, they could maybe squeak in, right? You got a St. David. You got a Rock Point, right? You got a Valley Lutheran. A Seligman who's got two really great guards there. These are all teams that could have a potential shot if they were to go on a big run in their Super Regional Tournament and win that thing, I mean, you could be looking at them throwing a wrench in all of these rankings and maybe even squeaking in a little bit. So the 1A is going to be really exciting along with the 2A. I want to know what you guys think about some of these matchups. Again, it doesn't mean anything. I'm literally just talking about this because I think it's really fun to look at. But, you know, I want I want you guys to let me know in the comments what would you think about these matchups? Who who would you have favored in these matchups? You know, and, and when I say comments, I mean comments on social media or write us into the show. You need to hit the hotline because, you know, as a coach, for some of these teams, I'd be nervous to face these teams for the third time. But as a as a fan, as an Arizona small ball fanatic, I'm like, bro, this is awesome. I want to see these teams that have already played two times in the regular season face off a third time. Um, so it's super fun to kind of talk about and think about. Uh, we are going to release our Patreon that is going to talk about these super regional tournaments. And I'm super excited to get into that. If you haven't checked out our Patreon, head on over to our social media platforms. You can hit the link tree in, in any of our bios, and our Patreon is right there. It's awesome. If you love Arizona small ball content, I promise you you're going to love that. And um, it's just going to be really great for you. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, and we will catch you guys next week.